0: Welcome to this week's crowd church service. We are a digital church on a quest to discover how Jesus helps us live a more meaningful life. We are a community, a space to explore the Christian faith and a place where you can contribute and grow. Our service will last about an hour and in a few seconds we will start with a time of worship after which you will meet our hosts for our service who will introduce today's talk. After the talk, we head into Conversation Street, where we look at your stories and questions that you've posted in the comments throughout the live stream. I want to invite you to connect with us here at CrowdChurch, and there are a few ways that you can do just that. Firstly, you can engage with crowd from any device during our live stream. And if you're up for it, why not invite a few friends over and experience the service together. Church is all about connecting with God and connecting with others. And one of the easiest ways for you to do that is to also join one of our midweek groups where we meet online together to catch up and discover more about the amazingness of Christ. You can also subscribe to our podcast called What's the Story? Where we deep dive into stories of faith and courage from everyday people. More information about all of these things that I've mentioned can be found on our website at www.crowd.church or you can reach us uh, on social media at crowdchurch you're new to CROWD or new to the Christian faith and would like to know what your next steps to take are, why not head over to our website crowd.church forward slash next for more details. And now, the moment you've been waiting for is here. Our online church service starts right now. Welcome
1: everybody. It's really good to be back. How are you doing, Ruth?
2: I'm good, thank you. Yes.
1: nice to be joined with my sister
2: again. Yes, I, one month ago or two months ago.
1: It was a yeah, that, it was yeah. a while back, wasn't Focus it? Mrs. Yes. Yeah. We had some technical issues. Yeah. Which is part of the course when I'm doing it, but we're we're all good. We did seem to have a very old intro there. Sorry for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's no worship now. We're we'll have the talk coming up very shortly.
2: Cool.
1: How have you? What have you been up to? how's your week, week been
2: um, i've started exercising again Dan. very good mainly because or well spurred on today because our josh beat me in an arm wrestle
1: and how old's josh
2: that's not good he's 13. <laughs> so. but he's very strong <laughs> <laughs> yes i am definitely back on the exercise <laughs> i'm going for my first run for a long closer. time tomorrow
1: yes <laughs> so january so, so a little bit late in january it's yeah, normally yeah. the beginning of january uh, isn't i'm it? not
2: happening. a resolutions person so it's happening now it's happening because of yeah. You're 13-year-old yeah.
1: <laughs> nephew. I'm
2: not old enough yet for him to beat me.
1: I've had a busy week of, wedding, of weddings, of birthdays. My wife's birthday and my daughter's birthday in the last four days. So lots of cake, sweets. lots of sweets. Oh my
2: goodness, you see that house. Uh,
1: yes, my daughter. We asked her what she wanted for her birthday. She's 11 and she just said sweets. <laughs> she did ask for some dried cranberries, which are sort of natural sweets. But yeah, she likes sweets.
2: Yeah. I like this. She knows what she likes. Yes, and it's not expensive. Yeah, thankful. That's what she's for. <laughs>
1: it is. She, if someone gives her money, <laughs> she equates money to how many double dips. I love this. She can buy. So a double dip is like sherbet dip and twenty five pence. So if she gets a pound, she's like, that doesn't mean a pound to me. That means four double dips. Nice. Yeah, nice. that's what she equates money to. I think I like that childlike yes. lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That's fun. <laughs> Anyway, today we are actually on the penultimate, so we've got only three talks left in the ACT series. So it's been going on for a long time, we're actually down to three and we've gone all the way through ACT. So we've got Pete Farrington this week, which I'm really looking forward to. Excuse me, without further ado, let's listen to Pete. Um, if you've got any questions, just send them in either on YouTube or Facebook and we can see them here we'll endeavour to a- answer them afterwards. Yeah, any questions, anything about the talk, send it through.
2: <laughs> yeah, Nicola, you're right. It's not Matt and Oh,
1: Annette. look at that.
2: Have they put the names wrong?
1: Uh, they being me, I've put the names wrong.
2: Oh, okay. Well done, Dan. <laughs> Hopefully,
1: when we come back after the talk, we'll have magically changed into two different people.
2: <laughs> nice to see you on, Nicola, though.
1: Yes. <laughs> Sorry, people. We had things freeze and stuff here we go here's the talk as I said any
3: questions just fire them through and we'll be back after Pete hello and thank you for joining us for this next talk in our 13 year series in the book of Acts we did start a long time ago but we're nearing the end so today we're in chapter 27 and this entire chapter is dedicated to providing us with quite a detailed account of Paul's voyage and shipwreck On his way to Rome where he was to make his case before Caesar. It's a very technical passage and uh, could leave you thinking a little bit like I might just skim read this one but I think this passage does show us something really important about both man's nature and what God is like. So I'm going to pick out a few verses and uh, give you the story as we go along. We'll start in verse 1. And when it was decided that we should sail for Italy they delivered Paul and some other prisoners to a centurion of the Augustan cohort named Julius. Down to verse seven, we sailed slowly for a number of days and arrived with difficulty off cnidus And as the wind did not allow us to go further, we sailed under the Lee of Crete off Salmone. Coasting along it with difficulty, we came to a place called Fair Havens, near which was the city of Lasea. And verse nine, since much time had passed, and the voyage was now dangerous because even the fast that's the day of atonement in the autumn was already over paul advised them saying sirs i perceive that the voyage will be with injury and much loss not only of the cargo and the ship but also of our lives but the centurion paid more attention to the pilot and to the owner of the ship than to what paul said then go down to verse 18 since we were violently storm-tossed They began the next day to jettison the cargo. And on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest lay upon us, all hope of our being saved was at last abandoned. Verse 21 continues, Since they had been without food for a long time, Paul stood up among them and said, Men, you should have listened to me and not have set sail from Crete and incurred this injury and loss. Yet now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For this very night there stood before me an angel of the Lord, to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. But we must run aground on some island. The story continues and Paul and everyone on the ship, that was over, I think, about 275 people. They all survived and Paul did eventually make it to Rome. Um, But at the beginning of that passage, uh, verse nine, uh, Paul gave them a warning and, and he wasn't speaking as a prophet there but he was just sharing his opinion as an experienced traveler. We know from elsewhere, um, 2 Corinthians 11 verse 25, that by this point, Paul had already been shipwrecked three times. So he knew what he was talking about and he knew that sailing in this season was dangerous. But unsurprisingly, the centurion had a higher regard for the opinion of the chief sailor and the owner of the ship than for the opinion of one of his prisoners, Paul. Because both the centurion and the owner of the ship had much to lose if the ship didn't make it to Rome and in good time. But as we move through the chapter, things go from bad to worse very quickly, and it looks increasingly like what Paul said was going to come true, and that he would be proven right—that this voyage was going to end in disaster and great loss of life. And the crew, if you read the whole passage, they employ multiple strategies to try and change their fortunes, but it's all to no avail, and. Last we read in verse 20, all hope of our being saved was at last abandoned. And I think this is where God's word shines a light on something really significant about the nature of man and the nature of God. Because you may remember from just a few chapters ago that God had already given a promise to Paul that he would not die in this storm. Because he said in Acts 23, when Paul was in prison after standing before the council, and the high priest Ananias in Jerusalem. The Lord appeared to Paul and said this, take courage for as you've testified to the facts about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. And Acts 19 verse 21 also tells us that Paul knew that after going to Jerusalem, he quote, must also see Rome. And he hadn't yet made it to Rome, so it wasn't his time yet. But that promise, which was given to him in Acts 23, was to give him courage whilst he was imprisoned in Jerusalem. But it was also given to strengthen his heart in the midst of the storm, if he would remember it. How often is that the case, that we enjoy the benefits of a promise once, and then we have no memory of it the next time we're in need? I am so like that. A favourite of mine, a favourite preacher of mine at Spurgeon, spoke about how It is just staggering that we should ever find it difficult to believe God. He says that if our hearts and minds were as they should be, faith in God would just be a matter of course. And that even now, it ought to need a crushing argument to persuade us to entertain even the slightest doubt of God. And it's most of all surprising, he says, that God's children should ever doubt him, especially those who have been so highly favoured as some of us have been. Like if I were to say of a neighbour, I find it hard to believe him. I do not know what worse we could say of him, Spurgeon says. Or we could think of a child and his father. If a child were to say of his father, you know my father? Yeah, he he is in high repute, but I find it quite hard. I find it quite a struggle to believe him. That man's own child confesses that he finds it hard to believe him. Will that not bring forth from us the blush of shame and the tear of repentance, Spurgeon says, to think that we would have ever spoken thus of God our Father? Is there any proof of our fall more conclusive than this? Is there any proof of our sin more conclusive than this? When we come into deep trouble, how is it that we mistrust His goodness? How is it that we do not rest in God in all things, great or small? When we come into deep trouble, how is it that we mistrust his goodness? He that is true to his covenant and to his oath will be true in the very jots and tittles of his promises. And Spurgeon spoke there about child and father. And Psalm 103 tells us beautifully about what God is like as a father. It says this, As a father shows compassion to his children... So the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him, for he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. He knows our frame, he knows how feeble and weak and forgetful we can be. And we see such a beautiful reminder of his mercies and his patience towards us when he appears to Paul again here in the midst of the storm. He could have just rolled his eyes, oh here we go again, doubting me and putting my, trial, my character on trial again. But he doesn't respond like that. God says in verse 24, he appears to Paul and says, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. And if you start from page one of the Bible and you just read through, one of the major patterns and one of the threads that weaves in and out throughout throughout the whole narrative is that of God repeating his promises again and again to his people over and over again. In time again, his people give into doubt and and forget his promises and and end up taking matters into their own hands. And it happens almost immediately and almost every time. But God does not stop reminding them of the words he has spoken. Like he says, I will, he said to the, the, the Israelites while they were enslaved in Egypt, I will bring you up out of the land of Egypt I will deliver you out of the hand of Pharaoh this I will do surely I will do it and if you just read that narrative it's over and over and over again even though they're not listening half the time and even though they forget it almost immediately and the other thing that you see as you read through the Bible is that he is a God who keeps his promises I was just reading the other day from a book in the Old Testament called 1 Kings and 1 Kings 8 It's where King Solomon is dedicating the temple that he had built to God. And he looks back on over 400 years of history of his people, the Israelites, and he says this in verse 56. Blessed be the Lord, who has given rest to his people Israel, according to all that he promised. Not one word has failed of all his good promise, which he spoke by Moses, his servant. The Lord our God be with us as he was with our fathers, May he not leave us or forsake us. He was talking about way over 400 years of history. And he could have gone all the way back even further to the very beginning. And he would have been able to see the very same thing. But let's go back to Paul in verse 25. He said this to the crew on the ship and to all the prisoners. So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I've been told. He says, I believe God. I have faith in God. I believe in him. Now, there are many characters in the Bible and people today who have absolutely no trouble believing that God exists and yet are utterly opposed to him. Satan would fall into that category, but there are different types of faith. I believe that there is a country in Asia called Tibet. I believe that it exists and it appears on every world map and it might be that one day i meet someone who claims to come from this country called tibet but my believing that tibet exists doesn't have to have any impact at all on the way i live unless i were to become a cartographer or uh, take a geography exam but my believing that tibet exists does not make me does it doesn't make me tibetan either just like believing that christ exists doesn't make me a christian the question it's not about some sort of intellectual belief or merely an intellectual belief in the existence of God but it's a question of trust do you believe him it's a question of, of where your hope and your trust is and then living uh, out of that allowing that faith that belief to actually determine the way that you live so it's a little bit more like we can imagine the way that you have faith in, a, in someone who builds a chair like if I buy the chair that I'm sitting if I bought the chair that I'm sitting on from someone, and the person who made it said to me, Hey, this chair can support your weight. It won't collapse beneath you. I am a skilled worker. I use only the best materials and it can totally support your weight. You can sit on it. Believing in God is a it's a little bit like <laughs> believing in the person who made the chair. If you believe the person who made the chair, if you believe what he said, when he said it won't collapse under you, then you can actually sit on the chair and have faith that it can support your weight. It actually impacts the way that you live. And a bit like the man Job, in the midst of all of his testing, he said of God, though he slay me, yet I will hope in him. That's Job 13 verse 15. This is the kind of faith, the kind of hope that we're talking about, that even in the midst of the the darkest trials that you can still trust the nature and the character of God, that you can trust his heart, his motives, and his power. And Paul on that ship had no hope outside of God's promise to him. Everything else had been stripped away from Paul and the other 275 people on the ship, all their skill, their expertise, their status... Their cargo, their tackle, they couldn't hope in any of it. They were just at the mercies of the waves. And we see here in this story of Paul on that ship that a promise, it's only of benefit to you if you believe it. Because it's when Paul, it's the moment when Paul takes hold of the word that God had spoken. It's then that he had courage and he has total certainty. He says, it will be exactly as I have been told Isaiah 26 verse three says this, you keep in perfect peace, those whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. It's funny, as I've been thinking about all of this, we've been going through a bit of a storm in our family life recently, only that the waves are the home office and the winds are borders and bureaucracy. About six weeks ago, we had a visa application for my wife rejected. That was at the end of November. And right in the run up to Christmas, it was a terrible time for it to happen. And also we're at the tail end of my wife's current uh, residence card in the UK. So there's not a huge amount of time. Uh, It's all been very stressful trying to figure out what our next steps are, what our rights are, speaking to solicitors and writing lots of letters and trying to get the whole thing sorted. And in the midst of all this, I think with it also being christmas i've been reflecting a bit on a a verse in isaiah 7 where god gives a sign to king ahaz ahaz asks for a, a sign from god and god says this is the sign that he gave to ahaz of his salvation he says behold the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name emmanuel god with us Emmanuel God with us and I've been thinking do I believe that God is with me or do I just give in to panic do I believe that God is with me in such a way that it actually changes the way that I respond to situations and if not if that's not the case do I really believe it that's the challenge that's what I'm talking about with faith and actually sitting in the chair trusting that it can hold your weight and all of reality is resting on a promise. It's that promise that God will be true to his word, that he will be true to himself and that he will not change. And that's how much is at stake here. It's God's very nature and character. Is he trustworthy? Is there any integrity in him? But Matthew 24 verse 35 speaks again about God's integrity and his faithfulness and his ability to fulfill his promises. It says this, heaven and earth will pass away but my words will not pass away Isaiah 55 verse 11 says so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth it shall not return to me empty but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it there's another quote from Spurgeon that I love where he says did not the Lord hang the world upon nothing but his word and cannot we hang our souls there too? It is grand to stand like the arch of heaven, unpillared and yet unmoved, resting only on the invisible God. And the storm that was so great that Paul was in, that, that they couldn't trust any longer in their skill or expertise and all that stuff, this really speaks to the way in which God has saved us in Jesus Christ because he's done it in such a way that we have no claim to boasting. We can't say, ah, oh, I did, that was me. Cause I mentioned earlier about, about Moses and those 400 years of history between Moses and Solomon. But when Moses was in, w- was in Egypt with the Israelites, God delivered his people out from under the oppression of Pharaoh, who had enslaved them for over 400 years just as he'd promised to Moses. As they walked through the sea, he held up the waters on either side for the Israelites to walk through on dry ground. And then they turned around and were able to see the waters of the sea crash over their enemies. And in a similar way, we can look back and see that God, because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross, that God has cast our sins into the depths of the sea. And just as the Israelites saw the waters destroy their enemies, that's what God has done. That's what God has done with our sin. He's put it in the bottom of the sea, just as he said he would do. And so today you can hang your soul on his word, the word of his promise. You can trust him. You can trust that he is good, that he is faithful, and that he's powerful, and that he will do everything that he has said he will do. So thank you very much for listening. Bye bye. Sorry, clicking buttons.
1: Well, that was great, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I really Pete's talks. He's nice and clear and down to earth. Um, it's great to hear, great to hear, not just his sort of explanation of the word of God, but or to to hear him using it in in his own life.
2: Yeah, and it's just he's not just talking from a book. Yeah. It's it's real, isn't it when you can tell he's talking? Yeah. Real. Yeah, that was that's really good I like that. Yeah.
1: I like this is the reason I I do this is that because I believe Christianity and God is real, obviously. But not just real, as in, I believe it. And like people say, it's a chair, we can mm-hmm. rely on it, but that we've seen it in our lives and we use it. Mm. We have to rely on him and his promises.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. What, look back into the talk, what things stood out to you? What points? Was,
2: yeah, there's lots of things, I think. What was the first thing? The first, I think the first thing I was sort of in this first. Paragraph really, he was talking about the uh, captain of the ship. doesn't listen. Didn't listen to Paul, did he? He listened to uh, the other. No, I can't remember who. There's two people, didn't know. Yeah, the owner was it. The owner, owner,
1: and the captain. Yeah,
2: yeah. And at first, yeah, because you'd think that because the owner knows the ship, the captain knows what to do. But I thought it just immediately made me think of life now and society now that you people don't listen to God because they they think somebody who's got a degree or Somebody who's written all these books or somebody that's got lots of money or on the telly, listen to them because they know what they're talking about. But when you think about it, oh my goodness, God! surely (laughs) God knows more what he's talking about than anybody else because he's the one that started everything off. So I think it's really easy to, because there is a lot of information out there, isn't it? Mm. Even more now, easily, to hear. It's, it's
1: easier to find stuff, isn't it? Yeah, and it really can be yeah, a Google very and... small amount that's true if yeah. we can find information yeah just at our quickly. fingertips. It's, yeah.
2: And, and even, I think for Christians as well, it's a place to be careful of because you can have a question, just Google it quickly yeah. or look something up instead of the first. And that it's not bad to do that, is it? Of course no. it's not. But the first thing, isn't it best first to be like, God, what are you saying about this? Yeah. what What have you said? And then base everything on that. It's much more secure yeah. place to how, way to live our lives.
1: Yeah, and yeah, I, I agree totally. And the interesting thing was that it wasn't just Paul, Paul. So Paul knew from God that they were going to be safe. And he, you know, he, he, he had that truth. But he also had experience of three shipwrecks yes, as I well. Knew. So yeah, been in this situation yeah. before. This isn't good i can tell you right. yeah yeah i like that so he right. had that practical experience yeah but he also he'd heard from god too yeah yeah
2: and it doesn't and it shows also doesn't it that god's not saying look i'll keep you i'll mm. keep you at peace as in nothing bad's going to happen to you
1: yeah um yeah this is that's this is the paul thing. the person that bought the message of christ through europe and the roman empire and god Allowed that he'd be shipped back three times, if not if this is the the fourth time.
2: And it's, yeah, I just think I I like that because you, he was in the storm. Doesn't mean there's not going to be any storms, Mm. but God's in it, in the storm with us, isn't it? And so often we can believe God said something to us or read something from the Bible and say, yeah, this is the right way to do it, or God said this in the Bible. And then something happens that isn't very nice. And we think, oh, my goodness, God's left us. Why has that happened? God, why has that happened? He hasn't left us. It's just yeah. bad stuff happens. <laughs> yes, it? it does. Yeah, but it's yeah. easy to do. It yeah. is,
1: yeah. And that I like that point that Peter brought up, that Charles Spurgeon said, and, and we it's very easy to forget yeah. the promises that God. Yeah. So promises God has spoken over us in the past. So things he's spoken to in the past and he's done. So if you've been a Christian for a while, you'll know things that he's done for you, he's answered prayers, mm, mm. and we can forget those things. Mm. But if you haven't been a Christian or you, you've you not experienced that, you can read his word yeah. and know that's the truth yeah. and know his character. Yeah, Isn't it great that the character of God is true? And the Bible doesn't say anywhere he, God messed up or he did 99.9% of everything he said. Mm. He accomplished all that he mm. said
2: mm. it says that peter said something about that didn't he not a jot or tittle yeah no i think that i can't remember somebody's told me about what tittles are i can't remember <laughs> something to do with them are they to do with money i'm not sure but it, but i love that that he doesn't just do what he says every jot and every little bit every jot and yeah. is done yeah yeah even the bits that we've forgotten that he yeah. said he would do for us yeah
1: i quite like looking at it. i'm not in any way an archaeologist i just find it interesting people what people dig up and find mm. and there's a friend who we knew from a long way back, John McNeil, and he's an expert in this. And he, uh, he knows all about, I don't think he could probably read hieroglyphics and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. And there'll be gaps in our history that we have in our books of different things that have happened. But the Bible will have a record of a king or a city or something that's happened. And secular, it's happened a few times that secular history goes, oh, but that didn't happen. We haven't got any record of it. And then they'll be out excavating and digging and uh-huh. find some kind of tablet yeah. and go, oh, that's that city that's written in the Bible. And I love that, that things that we see outside just keep filling in yeah. and proving yeah. God to us and yeah. showing that his words are correct mm. and his His history is, mm. his history mm. is right. Mm. Yeah. Is there anything else that you've there's got lo- to Yeah,
2: there's loads of it. The- there's loads of stuff that he was saying. I really like. And then the verse where it talks about the God to whom I belong. I don't know what to say about that, but I love that verse. I just don't know. It's just something about Peter's words, like Peter's, that Peter Farrington, but also, I mean, me, Paul, the person who wrote that, yeah. uh, Paul. It's just very, that's very, like you're talking about being real. That's real, isn't it? He knew who he belonged to. Yeah. If you know who you belong to, that's, you're going to be okay. Yeah. You don't have to know everything in the Bible, but if you know who you belong to, then you can keep going yeah. and you can do stuff that's hard.
1: Mm. And yeah. I also, so Peter talked about God knows our frame, He knows mm. who we are, and He knows our makeup as well. He knows that we do worry, He knows that mm. we do forget things, mm. yet He still persists, He still puts us with us. Mm. And he still said to Paul, don't be afraid. So that message wasn't go and tell the sailors and the others don't be afraid. He Mm. did that anyway, but that don't be afraid was to Paul. Mm. And Paul knew that God had told him before, it's okay, you're gonna get to Rome. Mm. But he still says, don't be afraid. He still Mm. knows, okay, I've done all these things for you. Mm. I know you trust me, but I'm gonna just say it Mm. to help you don't be afraid
2: yeah and he doesn't roll his eyes Peter said that yeah he didn't. I love that I literally the other day I was thinking I was walking to work and thinking oh god you must be rolling your eyes at me again <laughs> because I'm saying I'm finding something hard or thinking I can't do it my default my default a lot of times is oh man what, what am I doing I can't do this but he doesn't roll my eyes his eyes at me he he tells me that I can or okay maybe you don't think you can Ruth, but I can do it. That's what I've been learning about the last few days, actually. He's, wherever he puts us, or even if we've made a mistake and we've put ourselves in the wrong place, I do believe that if we give ourselves totally over to him, he can do anything with Mm. us, anything, nothing's impossible. He says that in the Bible, doesn't it? And I do think the more, the less of us and the more of him, he can do whatever he he needs to do. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I wrote down that We can put our trust in God and Paul put his trust in God, still was shipwrecked, still things happened to him. And it reminded me of Daniel and Daniel said, even when his, him and his friends were thrown into the, or his friends were thrown into the fire, I trust God. But even if I die, I trust God. Yeah. Isn't that great? Yeah. Just, I trust God that he's got me. I trust God that he's saved me. Yeah. I don't know all his plans. Yeah. I don't know where my life practically. Yeah. Is going, but can I still trust him?
2: Yeah. Can you just him, who yeah. he is? Yeah. yeah. Not that the next thing is going to be mm. easier or what we thought it was going to be, but yeah. we can trust who he yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like the chair thing Peter was talking about, yeah. that, it's proving that as well, isn't it? We can say we can trust him but that's what Peter said, didn't it? It's a faith that there's two different types of faith, but will I, will we allow what we believe to change how we live? Mm. And if we don't, if we say believe in, but then we don't do something because we're not sure. or we, I don't know. We let ourselves worry so much that we don't enjoy what we're doing or at peace. What we believe isn't changing our lives and how we live. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. If I was, with my friend the other day where were we going Uh, my sense of direction is like the worst (laughs) in the world the dan knows up and i was with my friend i think we went to Cheshire oaks and i didn't know whether we when we came out the dock it's all in square isn't it i didn't know whether we needed to go left or right like which way we'd come yeah and she was like ruth how have you been like all these countries and not got lost because your sense of direction is so bad but if i had relied on my sense of direction there's no way i would have stepped out the door let alone get on a plane yeah but a trusted god would get me t- to where he said he was going to get me and he always did always every time and I'm yeah and I'm glad that I did because my life is different because I did mm. yeah
1: i've I've written down here that that belief leads us to trust so the more we believe and the more experience we mm. have in god the more mm. you can trust if you don't have that then then read about, read the Bible, mm. see all the stories in there. Other people. Find yeah. other people yeah. and read their stories. I love listening to mm. testimonies. There's, you can listen to that crowd, have the crowd stories, which are brilliant. Just people now, living now, and answers to prayers. Mm. Great, really great mm. stories. Just brilliant, amazing what God has done through normal people. Mm. And then there's loads of books. i am listening to a book. This little guy now called Reese Howells, Mm. Intercessor. And it's the first time I've read that book. Is it? Yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. And it's amazing how God speaks to a man. Yeah. yeah. I'm in a few weeks time, I'm doing a talk on prayer. And one of the things that's really stood out to me on this is prayer isn't throwing things out to God. Prayer is answers. It's it's a two way, two way thing. And it's great to, Mm. to just practical stories of God, mm, hearing and answering.
2: Yeah. And then prove God on that chair. Say to God, what do you want me? How do you want this to go? Or what do you want me to do? And put it out to him and then Mm. prove him. And he'll, he will speak and he will let you know what he wants. And it's, but also if you're going to say that kind of thing, be prepared because he will answer. (laughs) So many times, just literally the other week, I prayed something and two days later, I felt like my world was totally shaken again. I was like, oh my goodness, what? why do I feel like this? What is going on? Why is everything all cool, like a volcano inside me? And then suddenly I felt kind of God reminded me, Ruth, you just prayed that prayer the other day. I was <laughs> like, oh my goodness, yes, I did, didn't it? <laughs> and that, but he, so if you pray in something, if you yeah. thought, then be prepared because he's, he doesn't, mm. yeah, he doesn't, he takes things seriously, yeah. doesn't he? And he's, I love the verse where he says, I'm a, he's a jealous God. I don't know if that's related to this or not, but I, but he does, yeah, he didn't take things lightly.
1: No, no, he doesn't. And it says everything will pass away. Yeah. But his word will remain. Yeah, And I love that he's, whenever I'm praying for people, I I often pray that he's just repeating the phrase, his, his word doesn't return to us void, mm. re, return void. Yeah. When God speaks, it has to change things. Mm. That's just inherent in mm. God's word and his power. Mm. It can't come back to him void. At the end, mm. there will be nothing, but there will be his word. At the beginning, there was nothing, but there was word, and it word spoke, mm. and everything came into being. I love that. And he's given us a tongue, hasn't he? He's given us words mm. to speak to so we can Ask him for things that we can celebrate, that we can worship,
2: and we can call Speak. things into being too. Because yeah. we have that spirit in us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he mentioned, about casting our sins into the depths of the sea, didn't he, Peter? That's a, a truth, a word, but we can so often forget that. Mm. Or bring them We can bring, bring them Dredge them back, dredge yeah. them back like, up oh, Can't why, we why, why are you doing yeah. that They're in yeah. the depths of the sea like, yeah, God's God forgotten them about Yeah why He's forgotten we,
1: about them yeah. Why do we bring them yeah. back up Yeah
2: Yeah Just so proving Sitting on that chair yeah. all the time I'm going to remember that this week Sit on the chair Ruth Yeah Yeah
1: Yeah Remember our promises
2: mm. Yeah And not Promise of who he is Yeah
1: Yeah
2: And his Yeah His unchangeableness
1: yeah, is there anything else you had written down? I
2: think that's one lot of the things.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Matt's put that down, yeah. Sit on the chair. Yeah. And um, we've got... I'm going to There's, any, there's, there's some questions, chair. not really mean much about the talk. So someone's asked um, Ashton, where's the studio based? And we're in a idyllic industrial estate in the heart of Liverpool. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, most of the crowd... Um, that, are, that are hosting and doing the talks are based in Liverpool, but there's some around and about as well. Oh, are there?
2: Yeah. I don't always do it from the studio.
1: No, no, some of the talks are done by people out and about. Cool. And, oh, uh, yeah, I I had a quick look up Ashton because he said, Pete, in the Bible it says a manual and it's about with an I. And, uh,
2: I noticed that before Christmas.
1: Yeah, it is. In yeah. most versions of the Bible, it's about with an I, but on Christmas cards. It's an E. Yeah. I don't, it must be just a a spelling thing, one of those things that's, it's a translation, isn't it? So how it's come across. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got next week, we have Sharon and Rachel hosting, and it'll be the penultimate Axe Talk by Will. And after the Axe Talks, we've got some great uh, new series coming up as well. So we've got Fruits of the Spirit. We've got some practical talks on different things about being a Christian. So I'm quite looking forward to those talks. Yeah. It's been a... Oh, I never know quite how to sum up what we've said. I wish I could pause and do a bit of a... In the UK, Mm -hmm. so if you're not listening from the UK, there's a series called Grand Designs, and at the end, it does this amazing little summing up. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway... (laughs) Trust on his promises. Believe believe in that chair. Know that God is good. And it's not we're not here saying we've got it all sorted. I've got things with my work at the moment that I've desperately trusting God for. And I have to put my trust in him. Mm-hmm. That's it's my it's not just my spiritual life. It's my livelihood. Mm-hmm. And we do this and we yeah, I'll happily come back next week and Whenever I'm hosting again and tell you how mm. things are going. Yeah, and, um, let it,
2: and let it change your life. Yeah. That's the thing, isn't yeah. it?
1: So, and if yeah. you've got any prayer requests that you'd like the team here to pray for you, please just email them. You can put it on the message as well, but just drop a, an email or text to the WhatsApp and we'd love to pray for you. Mm. We love to see, we love to give our requests to, to God. And not just for us, for others as well. Yeah. Great. We'll see you all next week. Thanks so
0: much for listening. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us here on Crowd Church. Now, if you are watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button as well as that little tiny bell notification to get notified the next time we are live. And of course, if you are listening to the podcast, the live stream podcast, make sure you also hit the follow button now by smashing the like button on YouTube or writing a review on your podcast platform. It helps us reach more people with the message that Jesus really does help us live a more meaningful and purposeful life. So if you haven't done so already, be sure to check out our website www.crowd.church where you can learn more about us as a church, more about the Christian faith And also how to connect into our church community. It has been awesome to connect with you. And you are awesome. It's just a burden you have to bear. And hopefully we'll see you next time. That's it from us. God bless you. Bye for now.